inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio. So glad to be with you today on the show. We have a content-filled show, hopefully, that will encourage and uplift you, the listening audience, and provide you some uh, <clears throat> some knowledge on what's going on in our culture, what's going on in our society, and what our view and our position should be as Christians, as followers of Christ, as believers in Jesus Christ for eternal salvation. That's what uh, we aim to do here on The Core each day. The name of the show is The Core because we like to focus on the core values of American Family Association. And if you want to know more about our core values, you can go to our website, afa.net. That's the parent ministry of American Family Radio. afa.net, you click on the Who We Are tab on the menu bar, and then you'll see Mission Vision Values where you can read more about our work. Our six core values are evangelism and discipleship, marriage and family, morality, sanctity of human life, stewardship, and religious liberty. Those are our six core values that drive our work here at American Family Association and American Family Radio. The vision of American Family Association is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for what? For cultural transformation. We're trying to transform culture, which seems kind of like what our enemy's trying to do as well. You know, the pagans, they're trying to transform culture in into what they want society to look like, what they want culture to look like. Well, as Christians, we're trying to transform culture to what God's Word says society and humanity should look like. So our, our mission, our vision, and our values are no secret. They drive our work and that's what we're focused on here at American Family Association. Jumping into our scripture for today, if I can get this to open, let's see. Yep, Psalm chapter 17. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 17. Prayer of David. Psalm chapter 17. Let's read a few verses here. I focused on verse 1 and 2 the past few days, but let's jump down to verse 5. Let's for, uh, uh, jump down to... Verse 5, Psalm chapter 17, verse 5. This is David speaking here. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously, I'm in verse 7 now, wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries, at your right hand. So David declares here, my steps have held fast to your path. So uh, my prayer today, my hope for our audience today, is that your steps would hold fast to God's paths. And it's interesting there, David uses paths, plural, 
with an S on the end, uh, <clears throat> showing that God has multiple paths for his creation, multiple paths for his people, according to uh, Psalm chapter 17. Moving into some stories for today, uh, Governor DeSantis signed a bill <clears throat> in Florida this past week that deals with promoting and uplifting fatherhood. And it's so encouraging because, you know, oftentimes our government does things, and I'm talking both at the state level and for sure the federal level. Our, our government oftentimes makes decisions and passes laws that encourages bad behavior, that encourages bad behavior. It's more of a reactive system as opposed to a proactive system of government. And what do I mean by that? Well, look at our entire welfare system. The entire welfare system, for the most part, the vast majority of the welfare state is designed to respond to a problem. What's the problem? Well, the problem is people being out of work for whatever reason, whether it be on their own, by their own volition or because of health issues, whatever the issue may be, the welfare state, the welfare system is set up to respond to a problem. And the, the, the welfare state also is not really designed at all to fix problems. It's not really designed to fix problems either. And so with that in mind, it is encouraging when state or federal governments actually promote that which could ultimately solve many of our root problems. And in this case, the state of Florida is addressing the what they call the fatherhood crisis, and we've talked about this on the show. Here's a quote from Governor DeSantis. If you look over the last many decades, one of the worst societal trends has been the decline of fatherhood. And we do have, in many instances, a fatherhood crisis in this country. DeSantis said, signing the Child Welfare Bill HB 7065 on Monday. In, in, uh, in part, this bill requires the Department of Children and Families to contract, this is a quote here, to contract for the development and implementation of the reason, I'm sorry, implementation of the Responsible Fatherhood Initiative. This uh, legislation also provides grant opportunities to community-based not-for-profit organizations to offer certain mentorship programs. According to the bill's summary, it also designates June as Responsible Fatherhood Month. This is important here. This bill is tied to $70 million in funding to provide a wide array of family and youth support through the Department of Children and Families, as well as our Department of Juvenile Justice, Santa said. They will be working very closely to support fatherhood throughout our state. The fact of the matter is, this is continuing the quote here from this news story, the fact of the matter is when you take kids that do not have a father present during their upbringing, the chance of them dropping out of school, getting involved in trouble with the law, having other difficulties increases dramatically. He's right there. 
I think it's been very, very obvious that when fathers are present, when they're serving a productive help, uh, when they're serving a productive helping to keep their, this is in a uh, mixed up sentence here, but I'm reading the quote directly, <laughs> helping to keep their kids in line when they're not, it makes a real impact. Uh, so this is a, a House Bill 7065, now law in the state of Florida, promoting responsible fatherhood promoting responsible fatherhood it's so very encouraging uh, to see this taking place so here, here's what you do here though when you look at solving the root cause of many of our society ills one of those root causes is fatherlessness is the lack of fathers in the home so DeSantis is going straight at that problem attacking it head-on and, and, and the, the wonderful thing, and really the smart and efficient thing about this legislation is that many times when a father is in the home, it prevents many of the other societal ills that would then become a burden on the government, meaning the children being jobless, the children being tied up, uh, breaking the law and having to put a strain on the, on the juvenile justice system, so on and so forth. So you put fathers in the home, man, can it solve many, not all, but can it solve many of our societal ills? Let's listen to Governor DeSantis talking about this bill, clip one. I'll be signing HB 765, which helps support 7065, which helps support fathers and encourage their active participation in their children's lives. We had a great legislative leaders bring this across the finish line, including Speaker Sprouls, so we want to thank them. But they also, not only are there good initiatives, this comes with funding that will help make those initiatives effective. So this bill is tied to $70 million in funding to provide a wide array of family and youth support through our Department of Children and Families, as well as our Department of Juvenile Justice, and they will be working very closely to support fatherhood throughout our state. At Department of Children and Family, this bill is going to create a statewide awareness campaign to call attention to the importance of responsible fatherhood and to equip fathers with resources to stay engaged in their children's lives. This will also provide funding, grant opportunities for nonprofit organizations such as Coach Dungy's All Pro Dads organization that use evidence-based parenting education to help fathers stay engaged and to connect with their children. The bill also will support case managers who will help fathers find employment, transition from incarceration, and to better manage their obligations. The bill also supports and creates mentorship programs at the Department of Juvenile Justice for at-risk youth. Through many of their existing programs, DJJ helps young men develop social, emotional life skills that will prepare them for future success. But this bill takes those programs to the next level by increasing mentorship opportunities for at-risk youth. For many of these youth, their mentor may be the only father figure that they have. Well, that's the, the governor there out of Florida talking about this legislation. And you hear that and you read the facts of the legislation. And you ask yourself, who can be against this? Seriously, who can be against it? All right, we can be against a lot of things for various reasons. But who could be against this? I mean, come on now. This this is like no-brainer, bipartisan, non-controversial legislation. But to convince you, those who need to be convinced, 
how demonic, dark, vile, evil, mean-spirited our ideological opponents are, the pagan crowd, the ones who worship themselves, worship idols, don't worship the one true God, to show how vile this crowd is for those that need to be convinced. There were people who were infuriated over this legislation to such an extent that they lodged very vile and vicious attacks against Tony Dungy, the former NFL coach, longtime NFL coach, who now spends much of his time in his ministry work. He's a fellow believer, by the way. Spends much of his time in ministry work promoting fatherhood. Promoting fatherhood from a Christian perspective. Well, he was called names such as fraud, a apologist for racism, and then there was a bigoted expletive, which I won't say on the radio. Keith Olbermann, far-left-wing, vile human being, put out a tweet uh, against Tony Dungy two days ago and said this, and that fraud Tony Dungy standing there cackling, also a fascist political prop, that's what he called Tony Dungy, a fascist political prop. And then the other vile things from other uh, left-wingers on Twitter and other places. But this is how dark the opposition is. The ideological opposition to what we are facing today as Christians, as those who believe in a biblical worldview, they want, according to their own words and their own vileness, they want the utter destruction of God's design for everything. You see, this doesn't just have to do with the human sexuality arena. This has to do with the nuclear biblical family. They don't even want that. No dads, no daddies at home. And no no mommies at home either because that's a gender stereotype. So they want the utter destruction of everything that God has created and designed, and we must fight back with fervor. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Acts 17.26 conveys to us the reality that we were born and placed in the 21st century by God's specific design. He determined before time where we would live and when we would live there. If you're in Minnesota, Mississippi, or Maine, God put you there on purpose. He's not surprised by the darkness we see around us, nor is he caught off guard by it. In fact, he specifically prepared for it by making sure you're alive right now. God can do whatever he wants, but he's chosen to use you and me as ambassadors of his kingdom. We are his torches to light up the darkness. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Does your daughter have a biblical worldview? A recent study sponsored by the Family Research Council found that only 6% of Americans and 9% of Christian Americans actually have a biblical worldview. Two-thirds of Americans identify as Christians. And the study found that 51% claim to have a biblical worldview. But here's the clincher. When those supposed Bible believers were asked specific questions, the researchers found that those Christians who thought they had a biblical worldview, only 9% got all the questions correct. This study reveals the need for education around the eternal truths contained in God's Word. If your family believes in the Bible, its teachings should affect the way that you and your daughter view the world. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Judy Goodell and her husband set up a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation. What we love about it is that it represents stewardship principles that we feel strongly about. So we got very, very excited about this opportunity. With a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation, an AFA supporter can guarantee a permanent monthly income, as well as supporting the American Family Association for years to come. We do feel convicted about really praying about all that God has really blessed us with. And so many people we know just want to leave it all to their kids. And we know the danger of that. And so we just are really just trying to pray through it. And God gave us great confirmation as we prayed that this would be a good use of the Lord's money. Find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or email foundation at afa.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
Welcome back to the core. That was a rendition done by Shane and Shane of the song, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And I always, I'm often, not always, I'm often curious who authored the original version of these hymns. So I've done a done a I've done this before a couple months ago, but this hymn was written by Reginald Heber. He was born in 1783 into a wealthy, educated family. He was a bright youth translating a Latin classic into English verse by the time he was seven years old. He entered Oxford at 17 and won two awards for his poetry during his time there at Oxford. After his graduation from Oxford, he became rector of his father's church in the village of Hodnet near Shrewsbury in the west of England, where he remained for 16 years. He was appointed Bishop of Calcutta in 1823 and worked tirelessly for three years until the weather and travel took its toll on his health, and he died of a stroke. Most of his 57 hymns, which in, which all include holy, holy, holy in some form, are still in use today. So that was a bio written by a fellow by the name of Greg Shear, uh, Shear in 1995. So Greg Shear wrote this description of the author here in 1995 based on um, much uh, historically available information on Reginald Heber, who was born in 1783 and wrote that song, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. So a little, little neat background there for you. Hopefully we learned a little bit there. Back to our discussions, just to really try to wrap up where we were, where we were landing the plane uh, at the end of the last segment. So Florida passed this bill to promote father, uh, fathers to promote fatherhood and hopefully, you know, take a, take a hit against fatherlessness in our society. Well, the left went ballistic for whatever reason. They went ballistic because they absolutely hate the idea of anything that God created being promoted. Anything that God creates, uh, these folks say is bad and they just don't want any part of it. Well, I came across this story out of Fox today. And this this will wrap up our topic, but this is a feminist author named Jill Filipovic. She claimed in a recent tweet storm that stay-at-home mothers create, quote, worse, more sexist men, end quote. And uh, the mothers also come out with overwhelmingly negative consequences as a result of staying home and using discipleship as their primary means of work within the home front. The uh, series of tweets were accompanied by her recent Substack piece or blog titled, It's a Bad Idea to Pay Women to Stay Home, which rejected the concept of paying stay-at-home parents as proposed in a New York Times guest essay on Saturday. Anyway, she goes on to rant uh, against women and what she calls the quote nuclear family model and women staying home and 
and and having the raising of children and the discipleship of children as a primary means of work on the home front she rails against all that but it's it's so clear that the raising and discipling of children is of utmost importance and one of the if not the most important things that a mother can do and i'm so tired and exhausted with the god haters and the pagans trying to tell the christians how we should live out our faith and what god says and what god doesn't say because you guys the pagans they don't even subscribe to the same faith that i subscribe to so how are you going to tell me what my God says about the family structure and what is noble, what is right, and what is virtuous? Because if it's not mom and dad discipling and raising children, well, then who is it? It's government and kindergarten teacher. It's government and kindergarten teacher or daycare. All right? And there's nothing wrong with those things inherently. But God did not instruct kindergarten teachers. God did not instruct daycares to be their be primary raising and discipling uh, persons or individuals when it comes to children. All right, so that's clear. But that's enough of what I say about this whole situation. Let's look at what God's word says. Let's look at what God's word says, because the author also goes on to take a knock at dads who are the primary earners for their families, which is like apparently an easy target in, a tar- easy target in today's society. Let's just knock on the dads. That's what they often do. But let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. As far as the chain of command, if you want to use a military term, and the fact that God created men to be leaders of their home, to be the primary leader within their household, 1 Corinthians 11, chapter 3. But I want, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. But I want you to understand, talking to believers, that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. So there's our chain of command there. Go over to 1 Timothy 5, verse 8, when it comes to providing for your family as a man, as a father. Listen to this. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's describing a man, not a man or a woman, because pronouns matter here. Pronouns matter here. The author of this, 1 Timothy, says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And so let's not get mixed up in this 
idea, this worldly perspective that, well, the men and the women, they're both, uh, well, the mom can be over the dad and then we can flip it and you can just do whatever you want. Or the dad doesn't have to work. He doesn't have to provide. The mom can do all that and the dad can just sit on the couch. That's not what scripture says. And so the world wants to put this on in the, in the minds, and this is really a very evil tactic, but the world wants to put it in the, in the minds of, of moms and dads, but let's talk about the motherhood situation, that using the discipleship of your children and focusing on the discipleship of your children and the raising of, and the upbringing of children and the caring for children, the world wants to, wants to turn that into a negative thing. How wicked is that? The world wants to deprive the children of the blessings of the mother. But then the world also, and we talked about this the first segment, when, they, when the pagans get mad about talking about we need more dads around. The world also wants to put it in the mind of the dad that taking care of your family and providing for your family is a bad thing or you don't have to do it if you don't want to. And so as a result, the, 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 the pagans want to deprive our children from having fathers in the home. So let's, let's focus on what God's word said. God's word is clear that anyone who does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So if a mother wants to stay home and disciple and raise her children, then good for her. Good for her. And if a dad wants to be the primary breadwinner in the household, good for him. Good for him. There is absolutely nothing unbiblical about that. As a matter of fact, there is everything biblical about that family structure. Moving on to a few other topics, you know, I told you, uh, or rather I played the clip of some Biden administration officials saying that they wanted to decarbonize the economy. They wanted to decarbonize the economy, which equals eliminating all carbon emissions, which eliminates all fossil fuels from use in today's energy sector. Well, Janet Yellen who's the Treasury Secretary, and you listen to this, you're going, why is Janet Yellen announcing that she wants to decarbonize the economy? She's the Treasury Secretary. Like, she's supposed to make sure the printing press is on over at the U.S. Treasury Department so we can keep printing more cheap money. She's not supposed to be running energy policy for the U.S., but I guess she is. I guess I'm wrong. My understanding of the federal government structure must not be right. Let's listen to clip three. This is Janet Yellen. The recent IPCC reports confirm that our window of opportunity to leave our planet worthy of our children and our grandchildren is even closer to being permanently shut. We must redouble our efforts to decarbonize our economies, recognizing that countries will use a range of tools, including carbon pricing, regulation, and subsidies 
to achieve needed emission reductions. Well, I guess the authority has spoken. The authority has spoken, Bobby. We've got to decarbonize and limit carbon emissions. That's coming from the Treasury Department. I guess she's the backup to the Secretary for the Health for Health and Human Services. But she doesn't she can't even use layman's terms. You know, she can't even cut it down to, to the lowest common denominator. It's uh, uh, carbon credits and so on and so forth. Well, she's got to sound scholarly. For crying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, how's that worked out so far? Yeah, and if she speaks English, to your point, Bobby, if she puts it in layman's terms, just brings it down to the middle shelf for us, us uh, middle country folk, mm. then what she's going to have to say, Bobby, is... Sorry, folks, you're going to have to ride your bike to work. Right. You're right. going to have to cut your air conditioner off at 7 p.m. Mm. You're going to have to only run your microwave three times a day. This is where they're going. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the ultimate regulation of our energy use, all in the name of climate change, but the most wicked part of this all is that it's all built on a lie. So it's one thing if they're... Their primary reasoning behind their decision-making is justified, moral, or legitimate. But I don't agree with their approach. No, the entire agenda is a complete hoax. It's a complete hoax, which is why they changed the terms, global warming, climate change. They can't make up their mind. And they genuinely don't believe in the underlying, what they call the underlying cause. Why? Because they're still flying their private jets around. Burning all the carbon emissions. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is the number to call in. We'll take your questions, your comments after the break. This is Debbie Wuthnow, president of iVoterGuide. Elections can be discouraging, but 2 Timothy tells us, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. In 2022, we have an opportunity to create tangible change in America, but we have to vote for people who share our biblical values. iVoterGuide.com has researched thousands of candidates and can help you find those most aligned with your values. Go to iVoterGuide.com. This is Trucker Dave. I travel the highways and byways of all the states east of the Mississippi River, delivering freight. But I couldn't do it without American Family Radio. Twice a year, for three days at a time, we pause to celebrate how God is using American Family Radio to impact lives. Thank you, guys. Keep up the good work. We call it share and it's an opportunity for you to help us continue to make a difference. Join us April 19th through the 21st on American Family Radio. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. 
while in the emergency room with my wife as she was struggling with the COVID-19 virus herself. And I looked at her. I said, are you scared? And she said, a little bit, but I've been through worse. The Certainty of Mankind's History with Uncertainty, an article by Peter Rosenberger. And then, as her fever was approaching almost 103, she started singing in Christ alone. I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. And that's how she has anchored herself in the certainty of Christ through her huge medical journey that has included 80 surgeries, both of her legs amputated, 100 doctors have treated her, 12 hospitals, and now the COVID-19 virus. And so when we live with those kinds of uncertainties, anchoring ourselves in Christ, in Christ alone, that's the only place we can run to where there is certainty. To read this article and more, visit afa.net forward slash the stand. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. 888 is the number to call in. 888-589-8840 is the number to call in with your questions, your comments here on the show. So I'm in a group text with other, other uh team members here at American Family Association. And uh, just as I was t- playing that Janet Yellen clip, uh, someone sent around a snapshot of the story of Janet Yellen's quote. <clears throat> and uh, I responded to that because she said, it, quote, uh, our window of opportunity to leave our planet worthy of our children and our grandchildren is even closer to being permanently shut talking about the climate change hoax. And I responded and changed her, turned her quote around and said, leave our planet worthy of our children while we slaughter them in the womb. This is why you can't take these people serious. This is why you can't take these people serious is because their their proposed virtuous or moral standing is destroyed every time they open their mouth. Because you can't tell me, or anyone for that matter, that number one, you care about our planet when you don't believe in the creator of our universe. Furthermore, you can't tell me that you care about the future of our children and grandchildren when you are in favor of them being slaughtered in the womb of their mother at the same time. And so the credibility is shot. The credibility is undermined before they even open their mouth, for that matter. And so you can't claim that you care about creation, that you care about God's people, about God's creation, rather, and about people who are created in God's image, because let me be clear, we are not all children of God. We are all created in the image of God, But the only people that are children of God are those who have been born again, who have had a second birth in Jesus Christ for eternal salvation. So, but you can't say that you care about those that are created, everyone that's created in the image of God, but then be in favor of slaughtering them in the womb in the name of abortion or, quote, pro-choice. You can't have it both ways. So their credibility is shot from the get-go. 
which is that that is why they shouldn't be listened to and obeyed as as, as a as a position or person of authority on these topics. Jumping to our calls, let's go to Mark in the state of Texas. Hey, Mark, welcome to the core. Hey, good afternoon, uh, Walker. I heard your um, segment on uh, Governor DeSantis' fatherhood initiative in Florida, and I was listening very intently to every word you were saying. And um, one thing that was, uh, I think, missing in your commentary was that the fatherlessness problem in the United States is also largely due to uh, injustice in family courts. What I'm trying to say is that based on experience, um, when a divorcing couple goes to family court and there's a custody fight, the default custody order by a judge is always the mother gets custody regardless of a father's willingness and ability to be a parent. And I can tell you, this is such a huge issue that we cannot just ignore. It's so significant. The reason I say that is because even Phyllis Schlafly had written about this. And I think it would be useful if um, people like you in, you know, have the power to inform uh, would uh, investigate how this fatherlessness is largely uh, affected or caused by issue in the family courts. All right, Mark, uh, appreciate the comments there. I'll let you go. Uh, my response to that is, number one, that's a, that's a subcategory of the entire fatherlessness topic. And if we want to do that, then I could go down to seven different subcategories of fatherlessness and spend probably a segment on each, which would take up about three days worth of the show, which may be noble. Um, but my, my, my other comment to you on that area is let's not, let's not get to family court. All right. The biblical viewpoint is let's not get to family court. Let's have dads in the homes. Let's have mommy in the home and let's have children all in the same home and let's work things out that way. All right. That's not saying that there's not going to be conflict. There's not going to be issues. We've all got our issues. I've made that clear on the show multiple times. We're all sinners. We're all, uh, we all fall short of the glory of God. So we all have our sin issues. We're all made out of this flesh. Um, but as Christians, the, the purpose and the intent of the family structure is to keep it together. All right. And that means fathers in the home. And if you look at, uh, the, 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 the majority of fatherlessness doesn't come through the family court system. It comes from dads, many of them voluntarily departing their families through adultery and through other means or through other reasons, uh, uh, substance abuse issues, uh, all kind of issues. So we've got dads that are just walking out. They're just walking out. Or you've got some dads that were never there to begin with. They just checked out from the get-go. They don't want to be a dad. They don't want to have anything to do with it. All right? So I'm not saying the whole family court that there's not issues there. There's not flaws there. Um, the, 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 the laws and the court systems were all set up by humans. All right? So there can be issues there. But I would say uh, for, the, for the point today, let's, let's get dads in the home and let's focus on keeping dads and moms 
in the home. And I will uh, be glad to look into what you said about Phyllis Schlafly and, um, and, and some other commentary on the family court system. Uh, jumping to Daryl in Louisiana. Hey, Daryl, welcome to the core. Hey, Walter. Hey, Daryl, welcome to the core. What's on your mind? Hey, I appreciate your show. I still miss Brian, but I appreciate your work. Um, I was going to talk about the climate change. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Share your thoughts. What's on your mind? Well, my son told me, you know, that volcanoes put off more CO2 than we can do in a bunch of years. I never heard anybody talk about that. Have you heard anything about that? <laughs> Makes sense, but no, I hadn't heard many people focus on that. I'd like to hear a study on that. They, you don't never hear them talk about that. All right, Daryl, is that all you got on your mind? Yeah, that's it. i got to get out and change the flat for my niece, but I wanted to tell you that. All right, get that tire changed. <laughs> if you need help, give me a call. Thanks, Daryl. <laughs> all right, Daryl in Louisiana. Um, let's go to, by the way, if you want to call in, share your thoughts, share your comments, 888 589 Triple eight five eight nine eight eight four zero eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero is the number to call in. Let's go to Murph in the state of Tennessee. Murph, welcome to the core. Thank you, sir, for taking this call. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. What's uh, on your mind, man? Well, I think your gentleman talked about the family core. That he hit the nail on the head. And if you want to look at uh, carbon emissions, do a study on uh, crude carriers and see how much they spend. But anyway, uh, appreciate. I know Coach Dungey. I've met him before because I'm a high school coach and a, a public educator. And he and Ron DeSantis are in the right direction. But until someone defines father and demands that men that get young ladies in trouble and the women that allow them to do that, until they are required to marry. Someone please define whatever a father is. Yeah, well, you know, you got Amen. a you got a good point there, Murph, because how can we say how can how can those who don't believe in our worldview say that uh we don't need fathers in the home when they themselves can't decide on what a father is or what a man is? Just like the Supreme Court justice that just got sworn in or was just sworn in. Uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson, she was questioned by Senator Blackburn out of Tennessee, actually out of your state, Murph, uh, about do you, what is the definition of a woman? And she says, I don't know. <laughs> she says, I don't know. So you don't know what a woman is, which means you probably don't know what a man is, but you're going to tell me what a father is or what it means to be a mother or what a mother should or shouldn't do? You got to be kidding me. Once again, it's a shot at credibility. Do they have the credibility? Do they have the position to speak in a position of authority to these issues, the answer is no. They do not because of their actions. All right, let's go to Essence in Texas. Hey, Essence, welcome to the core. Hey, happy Easter, Walker. Thank you, Essence. Um, I just I just want to say two fast things. You have to stop using the term woke and call it antichrist behavior because all this is like pigs going over a cliff and the other thing is i see a strange separation with christians and my question is 
is there scripture that addresses this for mending? And also, can AFA reconcile with Brother Brian Fisher and have a relaunch of Focal Point? Thank you. Bye. All right, Essence. I uh, I missed your second question there. I'm sorry. You had three comments in one, so I missed the second question. Uh, but we put out a statement uh, back in... Uh, July of last year about Brian's show. So Brian's uh, show is no longer on the network. He was an excellent host for the time he was here. I was very good friends with Brian Fisher, and uh, that is our position on it. So we're going to move on from that. And if you want further uh, comments or clarification, you can reach out to our receptionist, and she's got a statement prepared for you on that. Moving to Jason in Illinois. Uh, Jason, welcome to the Corps. Uh, yes, uh Thanks for taking my call. Um, I was wanting to know your opinion about uh, state, uh, federal prison, I mean, federal and state um, prison sentencing um, and the difference between them. Um, Like, when it comes to the federal, there's a lot of uh, uh, crimes or laws that um, have mandatory minimums, Mm -hmm. and they, they don't. For the same type of crime at the state level, they don't they don't have those uh, mandatory minimums. So, is it a good thing, bad thing? Are you, uh, Jason? I mean, what what's your angle here? Because I haven't talked about prison sentencing at all on my show, at least in the past several months. Oh, okay. Well, I, I was just wondering. Um, it, it just doesn't seem fair um, that you know. People, what doesn't seem fair? It just doesn't seem fair that at the federal level, there's mandatory minimums, and then uh, at state levels, there's uh, for some crimes, there's not mandatory minimums, and and. All right. Well, uh, maybe Jason, go ahead and gather your thoughts, and then call back the show another week and uh, and give me a little more specifics on where you're going there. Uh, but I haven't I haven't uh, really addressed that much on the show. And uh, you know, the beautiful thing about having humility is you don't have to answer every question. So I'm not gonna about about to start ranting on on uh, federal minimum minimum sentencing guidelines for the next two minutes as if I'm an expert on that topic. Um, but what I can tell you as it relates to the entire social justice reform and the, quote, criminal justice reform, uh, what we have going on in, in some parts of the country is you have, you have good sentencing guidelines, but you have judges who are not following them. And one thing I do know about is the Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, the now Supreme Court uh, justice, who, when, when she was presented by a prosecutor with recommended sentencing or recommended time served, she consistently went not only below the federal sentencing guidelines on these suspects and criminals who were convicted of child sex crimes, but she went even below what the prosecutor recommended. She went even below what the prosecutor recommended. So one problem that we do have in this country that I have talked about is a problem of judges and prosecutors going, quote, soft on crime, which ends up 
getting innocent people hurt. He ends up getting innocent people injured. We cover the story out of California where the district attorney there in uh, Los Angeles, I believe, continues to uh, go soft on crime in the name of criminal justice reform, and it ends up putting uh, citizens of the community in danger. Innocent people end up being harmed, sometimes end up being killed, because judges and prosecutors, many of them funded, their campaigns funded by George Soros, they end up going soft on crime, and it doesn't bode well for the community and creates more danger in the streets of America, which is not a good thing for American families. AFA at the core, I'm Walker Wildman. Thanks for joining the show today. We'll see you next time. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net, and download the American Family Radio app. See you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.